0: Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Lahu alhamdulhasan Wa althana'u aljamil Wa shadu an la ilaha illallah wa ahdahu la sharika lah Yaqulul alhaqqa wa huwa yahdi al-sabeel Wa shadu anna seyyidina wa nabiyina muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa Tabiin lahum bi ihsanin ila yomiddeen amma ba'd If the brothers in the back are listening to the dars The sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that The halaqah, the people should come very close to each other the Prophet ﷺ when he was teaching and the companions they all went towards the sun because they wanted shade. So they were protecting themselves from the sun so they went under the shade. So the Prophet said Ma'li لِأَرَاكُمْ Rizin, Why is it that I find you scattered? So he commanded them to come close to each other. The companions from that day onwards they would come so close the narrator said that if a cloth was thrown it would cover them all. That's how close they came, رضي الله تَعَالَى عَنْهُمْ. Coming back to the topic, inshallahu ta'ala that we were speaking about last week. We mentioned how many points. Ten, so we're halfway. Today, inshallahu تَعَالَى we're going to take what, another ten. The eleventh point, inshallah, تَعَالَى is صِيانَةُ الْعِلْمِ. It is to protect knowledge from that which can ruin it or taint it. Amayashinu, protecting from knowledge from anything that can scar it, that can taint it, that can cause it harm, to protect it from it. And that is what the scholars call al al Kawari al means having low moral conduct. As a person who is seeking knowledge, who wants to be a student of knowledge, there's a particular way in which you need to carry yourself. What I want you to all remember is anything that's recommended for other people, as a student of knowledge, you should see it, that is obligatory on you. Anything, that is makruh, disliked, for other people, you should see it haram for yourself. The minute you've taken that position, of being a student of knowledge, the things that are makruh, disliked, you should stay away from it, like it's haram. And the things that are, sunan, nawafil, voluntary should become obligatory for you. Why? Because you're sitting in the position of the Prophet ﷺ. So he ﷺ used to do the nawafil. And he ﷺ used to stay away from the makruhat, the dislike things. And now you've chosen to take his place. Because the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, al ulama." that the people of knowledge they've inherited the messenger the scholars they did not inherit dinar or dirham from the prophet money what they inherited from him is what? knowledge the way they carry themselves everything they took it from him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so a student of knowledge has to be one who protects the image of knowledge and the image of being a student of knowledge. Well, لذلك الإمام الشافعيّيّه he said, Imam al-Shafii, Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafii, rahimahullah, he said, Man لم يَصْنِ الْعِلْمَ anyone who does not protect knowledge, لم يَصْنُهُ الْعِلْمُ the knowledge will not protect you. Anyone who does not safeguard knowledge and does not look after the image and the reputation of knowledge, then what you need to expect is that knowledge will not look after you. The person needs to stay away from what is known as khawarim ul-muru'ah. In the English language, there is no word like khawarim ul-muru'ah in the Arabic language. Khawarim muruah does not have a good English translation or a Explanation Hata. Lakin Shaykh al Islam Ibn Taymiyyah and his granddad, Ibn Taymiyyah, his granddad Abu Barakat, the author of the Kitab al Muntaqa, which Al Imam al shawkani explained it and he called it Nail al the author of the Kitab al Muntaqa, which is the granddad of who? Ibn Taymiyyah. Him. And the grandson, being who? The Ibn Taymiyyah that we know, they both defined what it means, al Muru'ah. They both gave a good definition to what is meant by Khawarimul Muru'ah. So it's the grandfather and the grandson. And both of them, they said, Khawarimul Muru'ah, it means Isti'malul mujamilul Muzayyin, it means to beautify yourself. To adorn yourself In the way that you appear Second thing is So the first is what istimalul mujamilul muzayin. It is to beautify And also adorn yourself The beautification here Doesn't necessarily mean The physical beauty only It doesn't mean that you wear a white thobe, But it means that you beautify your faith And your iman and your heart the second thing is to abstain and to be far from anything that's going to taint it. I'll give an example. I'm now wearing a white thobe. So first of all, I put on a white thobe, I made sure that it was clean and it was beautiful. That's one. Once I do put it on, what do I need to do as well? Make sure that I don't walk or I don't go or come in contact with anything that could taint it. Correct? That is exactly how the person should be if he wants to look after his khawarim muruah Are we all together brothers? Now I'm going to give you examples of khawarim Examples that the ulama stated. From them is... Shaving your bid. The ulama, shaving your bid, all of it. They listed it as part of Khawarim al Muru'ah. Scholars, they said this. From them is Ibn Hajar al Haytami, Rahimahullah. Ibn Hajar al Haytami, He's from the Fuqaha al Shafi'iyya. He's from the great Shafi'i jurists. He added it that shaving your beard. all of it, shaving it. That is from the Khawarim al Muru'a. Ibn Abidin from the Hanafis scholars, he also added it to the Khawarim al So a student of knowledge, لا, let alone a Muslim. Also, what is mentioned to be part of Khawarim al for a student of knowledge is Il Tifatu Fit Tariq. A student of knowledge looking around on the street while he's walking, he's looking everywhere. This is Khawarim al Muruah. This is what? while you're walking as a student of knowledge you're looking around everywhere this is something that a student of knowledge shouldn't do Ibn Hisham al zuhriyyu the great scholar, the tabi'i and Ibrahim Al-Nakhai from the early scholars both of them, Ibn Shihab Al-Zuhri, Muhammad Ibn Shihab Al-Zuhri and Ibrahim Al-Nakhai rahimahullah, both of them, they said this is khawarim a student of knowledge walking on the street, looking everywhere. Well, the scholars, they used to say, like Shaykhul Islam ibn Taymiyyah ibn Rajab, ibn Ibn Qayyim, they mentioned that looking at things that are unnecessary is speaking that which is unnecessary. The way that is unnecessary, al-Islam yani, To not speak about that which doesn't concern you is the same way that you should not look at that which does not concern you. So some people, they come to somebody's house and they look at everything. And they tell you about your house that which you never saw about your own house. When did you buy this? When did you get this? A student of knowledge doesn't look at that. He only focuses on that which concerns him. You have to understand, a student of knowledge doesn't waste time on things that are unnecessary. Even in his looks, they are registered for him. Why am I going to look there? Is it benefiting me? No, I shouldn't do it. So, iltifat. في الطريق. Also, spreading your legs out in a place where people are gathered without any reason. If you've got a problem, you need to spread your leg out. Maybe that's something else. But spreading your legs out في مجمع الناس in a gathering where people are and there is no necessary need for it. Scholars have considered it to be from the khawarim al-muru'ah. From them being Abu Bakr al-Tartushi min al-Aimmat al-Malikiyah. Abu Bakr al-Tartushi rahimahullah, he considered it to be what? From the great Aimmat al Abu Muhammad ibn Qudamah al-Maqdisi. He considered it to be from the what? Khawarim al-Muru'ah. And also Abu al-Wafa ibn Aqil. All three of them, what did they min al hanabila what did they consider it to be? They considered it to be From the khawarim al-muru'ah That a person A student of knowledge To stay away from Also What are from the khawarim al Is Suhbatul Aradil Wal fussaqi, Becoming Friends with Hanging around with People who are nothing Aradil, Low ranked people Fasiq a person who is a fasiq, meaning a fasiq is a person who does major sins الصغائر, and is consistent upon the minor sins. Are we all together, brothers? Anyone who does major sins is a fasiq. And anyone who does a minor sin, but he does it continuously به, in a way that he doesn't care, is a fasiq. To not offend, befriend those people. A talib ilm befriending those people and being friends with those people. العلماء, the scholars considered that to be from the khawarim al-muru'ah. From the scholars that considered it to be from the khawarim al-muru'ah is Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, Abu Bakr ibn al-Tayyib min al-Shafi'iyya, Qadhi al-Yahsubi rahimahullah. All of them, they considered it to be from what? They all considered it to be from the khawarim al-muru'ah. Also, what the scholars considered to be from the Khawarimul Muru'ah is for a student of knowledge to play with young people, little kids. A, a student of knowledge to play with little kids, they considered it to be from Khawarimul Muru'ah. They considered it to be from the Khawarimul Muru'ah. From those is Ibn al Humam and Ibn Nujaym from the Marikiyah. Now, if a person is playing with his own children, this is what? Sunnah Alaihi Ma'thura, this is from the Sunnah that the Prophet would play with Hassan and Husayn. Like in playing football with young kids, as a Talib, as a student of knowledge, the scholars are going out and doing activities with little kids. The, as a Talib, they used to consider this from the Khawarim al They used to consider this from the khawarim al so what did we say the khawarim al means? khawarim al-muru'ah means al-mujammil al muzayyin it means to beautify yourself externally and internally number two is ijtinaabul mudannisi to stay away from anything that will taint or even ruin the image of seeking knowledge The twelfth insha'Allah ta'ala. The twelfth key to gaining knowledge. It is choosing righteous friends. A student of knowledge, he chooses who does he want to be around him. And who does he want to hang around with. He picks them. The reason is because as we all know, that the human being is. Humans cannot live alone. And no one is ever going to tell you, be by yourself for the rest of your life. That's impossible. You want to exist and live with somebody. Allah created you like that. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't find in the Quran or the Sunnah, you being prohibited from what? You being prohibited from being with. Friends. But you're, chose, you're told to choose what? Righteous friends. You're, cho- you're commanded in the Quran and the Sunnah to, to choose righteous people. But no, nowhere in the Quran does it say don't hang around with anyone. Don't be friends with anyone. Because the way Allah created us in the Quran وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ شُعُوبًا Allah created us nations and tribes, so we may recognize one another. Ibn al-Qayyim in Bada'il-Fawa'id, he says, so we may recognize one another by coexisting, by living with each other. So if that's the case, that we can't live alone, that we need each other, that we need each other, a person goes to a shop, for example, and he wants to buy something, he needs the person in the shop to sell this product to him. And the one in the shop Wants the money that's in your hand. وَلِذَلِكَ then the Sharia, what did it do? It commanded us to choose righteous people. وَلِذَلِكَ in the hadith, Al Imam Abi Dawood narrated the Prophet, he said, That a person is of the religion of his friend Look at who you take as a friend You are the religion of your friend Look at who you take as a friend A man once looked at He saw a pigeon Flying with a what? Flying with a crow. A crow was flying with a what? No, it was an eagle flying with a what? A pigeon. A pigeon. They say that the pigeon is the lowest and the, the eagle is the. or the falcon is the highest, right? So he saw them together and he said, How is it possible that a pigeon. Flying with a falcon or eagle. How did that happen? How did they come together? And when he looked, he found that they both have one eye. What he recognized from that is, لَا تَسْأَلْ عَنْهُ وَاسْأَلْ عَنْ قَرِينِهِ Something brought them together. They had a similarity and that is what brought them together. Don't ask about somebody today. If you want to know them, ask them who are they with. I don't know about this country, but I know back in the UK, some jobs, if they want to give you, they will look at your friends on Facebook. What type of people has he chosen to take friends as? You might have the best CV. You might have the best resume. You might have the best qualifications. But there's a reason why you chose to make these people your friends, right? Why? And it's a haqiqah because the Sharia already told us before this. That a person is of the religion of the person in which he is with. So choose who you take your friend as. Walid Ali Imam al Imam al asfahani he said something very powerful. Look at this statement. He said, Laysa jalisli jalisli wa faqat. Do not think to yourself that a friend can affect another friend of his. A person can affect another person. Just by his speech and actions. Don't think that a person can affect you only by their speech and their actions. He said, just by looking at somebody can affect you. Don't think to yourself that somebody can affect you and make your, change your mind and your perspective in life by them talking to you or seeing their actions. Some people by just seeing them they make you become either attached to the dunya or detached from the dunya. Have you not seen people like that? Where you see them and the way they... You you start loving the dunya. You start loving the dunya, you start becoming connected to the dunya too much. And another person, when you see them, the dunya becomes ahwanu. It becomes very low in your eyes. And you think, subhanallah. Why are people valuing the dunya so much for? But he hasn't said anything to you. He has not said He has not said anything to you. وَلِذَلِكَ well, the poet he said لَا تَصْحَبِ الْكَسْلَانَ فِي حَالَاتِهِ كَمْ صَالِحٍ بِفَسَادٍ آخَرَ يَفْسُدُ عَدْوَ الْبَلِيدِ إِلَى الْجَلِيدِ سَرِعَةٌ كَالْجَمْرِ كالجمر يُوضَعُ فِي الرَّمَادِ يَخْمُدُ Do not befriend a lazy person. Do not befriend a person who is lazy. Why? Because he would say to you, when you want to achieve something, you'll say, Akhi, don't worry, let's do it tomorrow. Are people going to really need you when there are other people who are more professional than you are? He'll break your heart. So do not befriend him. <laughs> In how many righteous people they became corrupt because of another person? became corrupt because of another person. The one who's dim-witted, the effect that he can have on a smart one, is so fast. I, know, I remember in school that there were some students who were very smart. They knew math and everything, but they will never answer the question in class. And they will sometimes even do bad in class because the kids who are dim-witted will make fun of them. Huh? They would make what? Fun of them. Or you think you're smart now and he, he So he gets the answers wrong But he actually knows the correct answer Because he wants to look like everybody He doesn't want to look superior to everybody else Who's harming him? The dim-witted one How does it affect him? If you take A hot, charcoal, a hot coal A coal And you place it inside, inside a dust What happens to it? extinguishes the fire right you can take it out later and use it but it, what does it do to the fire that's the effect that others would have on you even that you, you're shining but because you've let them cover you and they are around you that's what would happen to you ولذلك the friends are three types the friends are how many three types muhammad ibn al-khadir rahimahullah he mentioned this. He said that the friends are three. Suhbatul Fadila. We'll come back to that one. Just write it. Suhbatul Fadila. The second one is Suhbatul Manfa'ah The first one is what? Suhbatul Fadila. The second one is what? Suhbatul Manfa'ah. Suhbatul Manfa'ah And the third one is Suhbatul Ladhah. Suhbatul Let's go over that again. The first one is Suhbatul Fadila. Suhbatul Fadila is the righteous, noble person, virtuous. He's got Fadl. He's a person who will allow you to enhance in your hereafter affairs. Suhbatul Fadila, virtues. Is what you'll take from him. The second one is, Suhbatul manfa, friends of benefit. You only benefit worldly matters from him. His friendship is based upon dunya. Squadwat, Suhbatul worldly benefit. The third one is, Suhbatul ladh. he's the friend that you enjoy spending time with. There's no other benefit that you get from him except it's enjoying and you spend time laughing with him. A friend is one of, is one of those three. Are we all together? Which one is the best one? Yeah? suhbatul Fadila. Suhbatul Fadila is the first one and that's the one that you need to hang, you be friends with. And stay away from the other two. Or even if you have to do suhbatul manfaah, Then make sure it's based upon what? According to the need that you have of it. Huh? Like in the one that you want to spend more time with is who? The humans around you are four types. Register this in your mind. The humans and the people around you in this world are four types. And if you live your life like this, Wallahi, you will... Succeed The people around you Categorize They're one of three One of four sorry Somebody Who you're going to benefit from They're going to get you closer to Allah You're going to benefit from them Be with that person Second one is Somebody that you're going to benefit from each other Both of you are going to benefit from each other He's going to benefit from you And you're going to benefit from him That's also a person you want to be with. The third one is somebody who's going to benefit from you. Also, it's worth being with that person. And the fourth one is somebody who's none of those. Stay away from him. The way that you will stay away from a lion is no value for you. Are you going to benefit me? No. Am I going to benefit you? No. Are we going to benefit from each other? No. Then how are we with each other for? It's a waste of time. Even the second and the third that I mentioned to you, those ones Ibn al-Qayyim mentions in his Kitab al-Fawaid, the one that's benefiting from you and you're benefiting from him, and the one that you're benefiting, those ones has to be restricted, he said. Because he said a lot of the times Showing off can come in The one that you're benefiting you And he's benefiting you Sometimes you might say to each other eloquent speech Or the student that you're teaching Benefit them and go As for the one who's benefiting you We'll speak about it You don't leave them The one that you're benefiting from And you're taking from You spend your life trying to be around them as much as you can as for the fourth one, that person shouldn't be with you. Why is he around you for? Are we all together? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said something very powerful. He said, Grade a person based upon who he befriends. A person will only befriend somebody who's like him. If you want to evaluate a person, evaluate them based on who they chose to hang around with. Because this is what they really are. Even if you don't see it in them, there's a reason why they chose to be with this person. There's a reason. Another benefit regarding friendship. Sufyan al thawri rahimahullah. Pay attention to these brothers. Sufyan al is a great imam. He said, rahimahullah. Inni <inaudible> la ahrimu julasai. Thawriyu said, I prevent the people who are in my gathering. Wallahi, this, is, this statement is gold. And it gives you a great insight of reality. And I'll tell you something that happened to me once. Sufiana Thawriyu said, Inni la ahrimu julasai. I prevent those who are sitting in my gathering. A particular hadith I want to share with them. A a very strange hadith that they've most likely not heard of. Sufyan authority says, I want to share it with them. Those who are in my gathering. But he says, I prevent myself from doing so. Why? Because in that sitting, there is a person whose understanding is very weak so I prevent everybody else from hearing this particular hadith why were these other people prevented from hearing this benefit? because of somebody who's who's there with because Sufiana Thawri is worried that this person may misunderstand my hadith and place it in the wrong place as Abdullah ibn Ali ibn Abi Talibin said حَدِّثُ النَّاسَ بِمَا يَعْرِفُونَ تُرِيدُونَ Tell the people that which they can understand. Do you want them to disbelieve in Allah and His Messenger? لَسْتَ قَوْمًا حَدِيثًا لَمْ تَبْلُغُ عُقُولَهُمْ إِلَّا كَانَ لِبَعْضِهِمْ That you tell the people what they can comprehend. Or some situations what will happen. The people who disbelieve in Allah and His Messenger because their minds and hearts can't even comprehend this particular hadith that you're talking about But he had come to the point of Sufiyana Thawri. He's saying, I'm worried about this particular individual who's in the gathering. So I prevent the rest from them. But if they were alone, would they have heard of this particular hadith? Would they? Would would he have shared it with them? That's what happens. I remember one time, I was in a particular, I went to visit a particular shaykh. Are we all together and when we visited the Shaykh and we wanted to ask the sheikh a question, one brother who was with us did something that was bad manners. The way he sat and the way... He and the Shaykh chose not to answer the question. He said, I don't want to answer it. Huh? I do not want to answer the question and he, we lost the opportunity of... Our question being answered because of a person who is with us. This is what it does that being with somebody who is not righteous or noble, you get prevented from a lot of things. So choose wisely who you want to be around you. This is an indication of what you are like. Number 13. بَذْلُ الْجُهْدِ فِي تحفظ الْعِلْمِ بِهِ وَالْسُؤَالِ عَنْهُ In this one we're going to speak about three fundamental things in taking knowledge. Three fundamental things when you want to take knowledge. What is it? al ilm Memorizing Number one Two mudakaratuhu Revising with who? But مدارستهم على aqran with your peers. And number three is السؤال Anhu asking about it. And revision. Sorry, sorry. Number three is asking. Who are you asking? The people of knowledge. These three are known as أصول أخذ العلم. أصول أخذ العلم. They are three fundamental. Branches for the person who wants to gain knowledge. The first one is what? To memorize. The second one is mudakaratu revision. And number three is su'alu anhu asking the people of knowledge. Let's go over the first one. The first one was what? Memorizing. And making sure that you memorize. The scholars, they used to tell the students of knowledge if they wanted to become real students of knowledge, to memorize. Ibn al-Jawzi says in his kitab that I mentioned last week in his great book, Sayyid al-Khatir. And I already spoke about this book. What did I say? This book is amazing. Sayyid khatir Ibn al-Jawzi mentioned in there benefits through the course of his life what he gathered, he put it inside there. He says, the following statement. He says, The scholars always were wa They will command and they will instruct the students to memorize. Scholars would always do that. I used to see some of the mashayikh a student of knowledge will say, I want to study with you. He'll say to you, Okay, have you finished the Quran yet? If he says, No, go finish the Quran and come to me and the real student of knowledge will he come back yeah he will come back and he say i memorized the quran the other one will just go uh-huh. because he wasn't serious in the first place so it's an instruction that the scholars would give which is to memorize ubaidullah <laughs> ibn husayn ubaidullah ibn husayn he said "Wajatu." أَحْضَرَ الْعِلْمِ منفعة, The knowledge that I found to be most beneficial and whenever I needed it was there. He said it was مَا وَعَيْتُهُ بِقَلْبِي بِلِسَانِي Abdullah ibn Hussein he said the most beneficial knowledge that I saw that whenever I needed it was there is that which I Placed in my heart and I uttered it with my tongue. بقلبي, that which my heart has kept for me. Wa and I moved it with my tongue. I found that knowledge to be the most beneficial for me. Shaykh الشيخ Our Shaykh that taught me their Shaykh. Muhammad ibn Salih al because I never met Ibn Uthaymin. I met his students Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin rahimahullah, he said the following what did he say he said we memorized little Wa but we read a lot bima min, min bima but we benefited more from what we memorized than that which we read sheik ibn al-Uthaymin what did he say حَفِظْنَا قَلِيلًا وَقَرَأْنَا كَثِيرًا We memorized little, but we read a lot. But which one did we benefit most from? We benefited most from what we memorized than what we read. Why brothers? Because when you memorize, it brings... What does it bring brothers? It brings understanding with it. It's easy to understand once you've memorized something. وَلِذَلِكَ well, the poet, he said, فَالثُرُثَانِهُمَ التَّمَامُ فَاحْفَظُ فَكُلُّ حَافِظِنْ إِمَامُ فَاحْفَظُ Memorize فَكُلُّ إِمَامُ Everybody who memorizes is an imam. The value of the brothers is something else. To keep things in your heart, to memorize it, to digest it, to keep it in, is value. And nowadays, We've given less importance to that, more importance to what? To reading, to trying to understand things. Hivd is very vital for a student of knowledge. The knowledge that you can claim is your knowledge is what you have in your chest. Not what's inside your library at home. In your book. Yeah? It's not. The real knowledge that you can claim is the one that's with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, it's with you. The poet he said, He says, وَبَعْدُ I don't remember it now, Allah. But I remember another line of poetry by Khalil ibn Ahmad al-Farahidi Sheikh Sibawi see away his teacher he says he says حواه... he said knowledge is not what's inside your backpack or what's inside your books that's not knowledge he said knowledge is الصدر, that which the chest has covered that's real knowledge this is alim see away his teacher this is what see away his teacher so khalil ibn ahmad al farahidi knowledge is really what you've memorized what you have in your chest not what you have inside a note that you've written somewhere and that you went what is that some of the salaf if you look at them one of the imams that was mentioned was muhammad ibn ja'far al baqi muhammad al baqi rahimahullah It said that he placed all of his books one time on a camel. And then on his way to his destination, he'd actually lost some of his belongings. And some of his books. He lost it. He realized the value it was to him when he lost it. When you have something, you don't realize the value of it unless you lose it. Sah. So when he lost it, he realized that he doesn't have it no anymore. What did he do? النَّدَمِ He regretted it. Then he made a decision in his mind to what? Whatever he hears from now onwards, that he what? That he memorized it. That he what? Memorized it. Well, brothers, you don't have to memorize a large amount, just something very small. But you're continuous and you're consistent upon that. We'll see inshaAllah ta'ala how some of the scholars were like that. For example, the great scholar, Ibn Malik, rahimahullah, the great Nahwi, the great Imam, Ibn Malik, the grammarian, who has the thousand lines in grammar. It was said that, he used to memorize a portion of something every day. It doesn't matter what it was. He would memorize something. Even the day he was dying, he memorized five lines of Arabic poetry. Half of the fiyomi the day he was dying, he was memorizing. And they used to say to the scholars that I want to meet Allah more knowledgeable than meeting him ignorant about something. So he memorized fiyomi moti the day the day in which he was dying. So it doesn't have to that you memorise volumes of information. No, it's not. The second thing what did we say was and second was what? I remember the poetry now. The poetry that I was looking for, I remembered it now. He says, He says, لن You're never going to be a scholar. Never are you going to be somebody who's going to understand لَن حَافِظًا وَجَمْعُكَ لِلْكُتْبِ لَا And you gathering all of these books are not beneficial. بِالْجَهْلِ فِي You come to a gathering with no knowledge. وَكُتْبُكَ فِي الْبَيْتِ But your real knowledge is inside the books at home. Then you're never going to be a scholar like that. But well, sometimes it happens to us. Because we don't memorize as much as we should do. So sometimes we get caught and a person asks us a mas'ala. Says what's the ruling in this issue? And we say, oh, if only you caught me while I was in my library. And we hope to be in our library at that particular moment. That's not really knowledge. They said about Ibn Hazm. Ibn Hazm al-Zahiri. Ibn? Ibn Hazm al-Zahiri. Ibn Hazm was was a very tough person. They said, if Allah saves you from two things, Allah has saved you. If Allah has saved you from two things, Allah has saved you from the sword of Hajjaj ibn Yusuf and the tongue of Ibn Hazm. It was hard. Hajjaj would kill the people, and Ibn Hazm would what? He would criticize people harsh. He was a very harsh person. He said about Ibn Tirmidhi, he's matured. Who knows him? That's what he said about Tirmidhi. It was a very Harsh person, Ibn Hazm. So some people hated Ibn Hazm. Well, he and Abu Walid al-Baji, they went at each other, back and forth. And Abu Walid al-Baji's way, that he dealt with Ibn Hazm was soft. Like Ibn Hazm was harsh. And So whenever he would respond to him, he would respond harsh. And so Abu Walid said to him, Excuse me, for I learnt under a what? Under a candle. Because Abu Walid was poor the way he grew up. He said, excuse me and forgive me for the way I am dealing with this issue because when I grew up, I, grew, I, I, I studied under a candle that the whole family have to share. And Ibn Hazm, his father was a minister and he's from a rich family. And he didn't go through faqr and poverty, Ibn Hazm. He responded back and he said Well as for me I learnt under pearls and jewels and uh, That's how I grew up So excuse me for the way I talk But it was very harsh So some people they took his works And they burnt his books Ibn Hazam When he heard that they were burning his books And his works He said let them burn it Everything I wrote I memorized it I could rewrite it exactly the way I wrote it and he was capable of doing that. He was what? He was capable of rewriting his own works the way he did it. Are we all together brothers? That's knowledge. That's ilm. That is what? That is what knowledge is. And that is what it means to have the knowledge that is. Before I move on to the revision one, I want to mention what will help you memorize. Brothers, they are two things that bring memory in And they are the two strongest factors There are many things like in These are the two strongest factors That will help you memorize The first one is al Your eyes What do I mean by eyes? What I mean by that is Imba'ul-basar Running your eyes over what you're memorizing It's important that when you're trying to memorize the Qur'an, or if you're trying to memorize a book, you look at it continuously. Looking at something, it makes it go in. Visualizing things, is very important. Al-aynu, al Running your eyes over it, continuously and consistently. Well, some of us who memorize the Qur'an, what do we do when, we, when, when we're reading the Qur'an? We can actually see the page moving, right? You can see the page turning over when you're reading the page, right? Are we all together brothers? You know the mushaf. Is it the beginning? Is it in the middle? Is it the bottom? Sahih? Because you've looked at it like that so much. Those people who've memorized the Quran like that, when they find another mushaf, is a problem, right? You want this specific mushaf, right? Because the vision is very important. The second thing is al udun al udul means what brothers? Your ears What do I mean by ears here? Is That when you're memorizing You raise your voice Some people are trying to memorize the Quran And they're not even Their lips are not moving When you're reading Quran You need to raise your voice And you need to be able to hear yourself Very important I would advise you To record yourself record yourself on your phone and listen to it. You will listen to yourself more than you would listen to anybody else's recitation. True or false? Huh? If you record yourself and you heard somebody playing your record, you'll stop everything and say, hey, isn't that true? You would. It's good because you focus more on your own voice. So record yourself and listen to yourself later. How you read it, what you said, how you pronounced this. Those two will help you memorize. The second point regarding this chapter was what? Mudakaratum. What was it? Revision. Revision is very important. To revise something is very important. Walidalika al Imam al Zuhri, he said, in yuzhibul ilm al nisyanu." One of the things that get rid of knowledge. Is when you don't revise. It's forgetting it. Watarkul mudakara. If you leave of revising, it will go. And it will go to the extent that it's like you never ever memorized it. It will become like you've never memorized it. So what do you need? You need to make sure that you revise and go over it. Sometimes it's actually harder to revise than to memorize it the first time. Well, you need to organize your time. What do you need to do? Organize your time to revise what you've already memorized. The Qur'an, the Sahabas, they had a a way to memorize it. Every seven days they would finish the Qur'an. Or they would finish it twice a month. Or every 15 days, or some of them even every 3 days. 10 just every day. The person will start from Surah Baqarah and they will take it to Wa'alamu anna maganimtum in Surah Al Anfal. That's the first 10. Second day, the person will start from Wa'alamu anna maganimtum to Surah Al Naml, فَمَا كَانَ جَوَابَ Second. Then the person will take it from Makana جَوَابَ قَوْمِي until Surah Al Nas. And the person finished the Quran in three days. Ten days, ten juz every day. That's how it goes. Every three days, what would you do? You finish the Quran. And you start again. And you start again. That's the best if you can do. If not, then make it seven. How do you do it seven? The first day, you do three. What do you do? Three, Baqarah, Al-Imran, and Nisa. That's the first day. Seven days you finish the Qur'an like that. The next second day, what do you do? Five. The day after that, what do you do? Seven. The day after that, eleven. And then when you reach thirteen, it will be surah Qaf. You reach surah Qaf. Qaf until nas is all of it. Ten, ten, uh, ten, no, seven days you finish the Qur'an. This was the tahazeeb of the sahabas. This is how the sahabas would do it. They will go three, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen would be where? It will be the end of Surah Al-Hujurat, the beginning of Surah Al-Qaf. Qaf, until Surah Al-Nas, the person will finish the Qur'an. Seven days you finish the Kitab of Allah. This is organizing your revision. The third thing, brothers, that's a foundation of gaining knowledge is a su'al anil ilmi, asking the people of knowledge. Questioning the people of knowledge. A student of knowledge, do you know what you have with you? You have a book, a little book, where you write all the questions that come to your mind, wherever you are. If somebody asks you a question, you get a pen out, you write that question down. If you're reading a book and you didn't understand a particular issue, you write it down. You have this little book with you, when you come in contact with a scholar, you bring it out. And you say, Shaykh, I have this question, and I have this question, and I have this question. And you ask. وَلِذَلِكَ سُفْيَانَ الثَوْرِيُّ رحمه اللَّهِ He came to the place Asqalan. Where did he come to? He came to a place called Asqalan And he stayed there for three days Sufyan al says He stayed there for three days How many days did he stay? For three days And no one came to him And asked him any questions Sufyan Thori, Three days he was in Asqalan No one came to him And no one asked him any questions So then he said to his uh, One of his students Whose name was called Ruwad ibn al-Jarrah He said to him Come, let's go. Let's leave this place. This is a place where knowledge is dead. A city, no one's coming and asking questions. He said, we can't stay here now. Three days, no one came. No one had questions. This is a place where knowledge is dead. There's no need to be here. And he packed his bag and his belongings and and he left. Can you find some people who would see a scholar and all they want to do is look at him, which is good. La shakaw ala it's beneficial. But scholars are not celebrities. The most valuable thing for you is su'alat, benefits, question. How many times did we benefit from questions that the Sahaba asked the Prophet sallallahu and because of that question, what happened? We're benefiting from it. Are we all together, brothers? Some of the books that we have today. Are all written on, are based upon questions that were asked to scholars. One of the most beneficial books is Adha'a wa Dhawa ibn al Qayyib. This book, Adha'a wa it talks about the illnesses and its cures. He talks about sins and how to stay away from sins and the problems that sins have, and he goes in good details regarding how to stay away from sins or if somebody's addicted to something. This book was based on a question that he was asked. Ibn Taymiyyah's is 35 volumes that you always hear. Ibn Taymiyyah said, Ibn Taymiyyah said. 35 volumes. Guess what it's all based upon? It's called al Fatawa. Question he was asked, he responded back to it. His kitab, 'Aqidat Wasatiya, is based upon what? A person from Wasit sent a question and he responded by writing the and the Mu'taqad of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, right? Khalal and Salih and Abdillahi. All three of them, they ask question to who? Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah. The Masa'id that were written to Imam Ahmed. And he responded. And it is documented. These questions are gold. So brothers, when you meet a scholar, one of the ways to keep knowledge is to ask. And to benefit by asking beneficial knowledge. If you don't, then you lose out. Number fourteen. Respecting and honoring the people of knowledge, venerating and honoring them, the people of ilm, Allah gave them subhanahu wa ta'ala a position that you respect them and that you honor them. There's a recitation in the Quran, but this is the recitation of Ubay ibn Ka'bin. Whose recitation is this? It's Ubay ibn Ka'bin. رضي الله تعالى He used to recite the ayah as النبي أولى بالمؤمنين من أنفسهم وهو أب لهم And he's a father for them The Prophet ﷺ He used to recite the ayah Surah Al-Hazab The ayah is النبي أولى بالمؤمنين من أنفسهم وأزواجه أمهاتهم He used to recite a recitation That he heard from the Prophet Which said النبي أولى بالمؤمنين من أنفسهم وهو أبو لهم and he is a father for them Rasulullah is a father for them and we know that the Prophet is not a father from what angle it is not a النسب he is not a father in terms of lineage because Allah says Ubuwatul Nasser means he's not a father of any of us, that we come from him. But what is he? He is Ubuwatul Diniyah. He's a father for us in the religion and in the deen. This is what the scholars. Here, al Hajjad, Abu Bistam al Ataki, the great Tabi'i, he used to say. كُلُّ مَنْ سَمِعْتُ مِنْهُ حَدِيثًا Anyone who I hear one hadith from him فَأَنَا لَهُ عَبْدٌ I'm a slave for him I'm a what slave for him? شعبة. What was he? شُعْبَ was he? He was a تَابِعِ He used to say كُلُّ مَنْ سَمِعْتُ مِنْهُ حَدِيثًا Anyone who I hear one hadith from him فَأَنَا لَهُ عَبْدٌ I am a slave for him And where did he take this from? Shu'bah took this from the Qur'an How did he take it from the Qur'an The ayah that I just mentioned The Prophet is a what He's a father for us I become owned by this person But what is more clearer That he took it from Is the ayah in Surah Kahf Ayah 60 Where Allah says qala Musa fatahu." When Nabiullah Musa said to his what When he said to his fata. The fatahiyya means slave boy. Like we know Yusha ibn al-Nun was not a slave of Musa. Why did Allah call him a slave boy for? The reason why Allah called Yusha ibn al-Nun a slave boy of Musa is because Musa was educating him. And Musa was teaching him. Are we all together, brothers? Ibn Hajjaj Abu Bistam al-Ataki took from there that anybody who teaches you something, you're a slave for him. That you are what? A slave for him, and they used to respect their teachers greatly, and venerate them and honoring, honor, honor, them. Well, the Prophet ﷺ he said in the hadith, "Ubadat ibn Samit narrated this, and it's found in Imam Ahmed's Musnad. "Laysa min ummati," he's not from my ummah. "Mallam yujilla the one who doesn't respect our elders. If you don't respect your elders, you're not from this ummah. The Prophet said, "Wa yarham and you don't have mercy on the younger one. And knowing the shaykh and the scholars' position. Knowing what? Knowing the position Allah gave the scholars. If you're not knowing his status and you don't know his position, the Prophet said, You're not from my ummah. عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بِنْ عَبَّاسِ Look at the respect that they had for people of knowledge. Abdullah ibn Abbas. One day saw the noble companion. Zayd ibn Thabit. Zayd was older than Ibn Abbas, senior to Ibn Abbas. Ibn Abbas, what did he do? He grabbed the rein of the riding beast of who? Zayd ibn Thabit. And he said, he dragged it and he was moving it for him. And then Zayd said to him, Atamsukuli, are you going to grab this for me? And you're the Prophet's cousin? You are the Prophet's cousin. Look what he said to him. Ibn Abbas, look what he responded by saying. He said, This is what we do for the scholars. What did Abdullah ibn Abbas say? This is what we do for the scholars. I was reading the other day, it was amazing because I'm, I was trying to gather some benefits regarding Hajj. I was trying to gather some benefits pertaining to Hajj and etc. Because we're in this particular time and the days of Dhul Hijjah. And subhanallah, I came across in the kitab Tariq al-Dimashq, Ibn Asakir. Ibn Asakir is kitab Tariq dimashq I came across a story. This story was... A man in the city of... in Mecca, in Mecca, saw a group of people... So a group of people was, was, were crowded somewhere. And Mecca is always crowded, especially in the mawasim al Hajj in the times of Hajj. So the people they had a man saying to the people, Oh Sir Shaykh, Oh Sir Shaykh, give space to the Shaykh, give space to the Shaykh. And so they looked. The man who was saying to the people, Oh Sir Shaykh was Imam Malik, rahimahullah. Who was it? Al Imam Malik. And the man who was on the riding beast Was al Imam Al-Awza'i And the one who was holding the rope Was Sufyan Al-Thawri Three of them are the Immah of their city of their, of their region Imam Malik is what? Imam Ahli Medina Awza'i is the Imam Ahli Sham And Sufyan Al-Thawri is Imam Ahli Iraq Are we all together? But look how Imam Malik Saying to the people Oh Si'u this Shaykh. He's saying space for the Shaykh. And what is he saying? What is uh, Sufi Al thawri doing? He's holding the rein and the rope for who's Oza'i. Oh, Respecting him. Trying to move it and maneuver it in the direction that he doesn't go into the crowd. That's how they were towards each other. When Imam Shafi'i cried and he read the lines of poetry that I, he said, أُحِبُّ الصَّالِحِينَ مِنْهُمْ I love the righteous people, but I'm not from them. I'm, I love the righteous people, but I'm not from them. When Shafi'i cried and he made these lines of poetry, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal responded from him. And he said to him, Rather, you are from the righteous people. And because of you, inshallah, they're going to find intercession to Jannah. Ahmad responded to him in the lines of poetry that Chafi'i made. Ahmad responded to him in respect. That's how they were towards each other. Walidalik Ibn Hazm, he transmitted a ijma' that we have to respect the scholars. And today, if you look at it, this issue of venerating and respecting the scholars has become very low. And the matter has tarafani wa wasat. There are another people who've gone overboard with the rights of the scholars. And what they become, تَقْدِيسُ ulama. That they kind of worship the scholar. And there are another extreme, which is that the scholar, he does one mistake, he's often, لا قيمة له, ولا احترام له, ولا توقير له. There's no respect for him, there's no veneration, there's nothing, he's no value. And this as I said was what? It is إفراط wa tafreet It's extreme both ways. Walidali look what Muhammad ibn Siren said. He said, to Abdul Rahman Abi I saw. Muhammad ibn Siren is saying this. Muhammad ibn Siren is from the Tabi'een. He said, I saw Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Laylah. Wa his students, were venerating and respecting him. Wayyu Sawidunahu, Misr al like a leader. Like he was the leader of the country, they were respecting and they were venerating him. Yahya al he said, Malik I saw Imam Malik, more than once. he was like amongst his the students they will respect him and they will honor him so much so that if anybody raised their voice in the presence of Imam Malik, the students would be sh-. مَالِكَ is here, yeah, you're talking loud لذلك well, the scholars, they said Malik was venerated so much and respected that even when he died the respect of his kitab al muwatta took that nobody used to read muwatta Imam Malik unless they put a pillow on the floor and they used to look after it are we all together brothers? forget Malik himself his muwatta gained that respect رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ رَحْمَةً واسعة. One of the the rights that the sheikh and the scholar has is that lahu. you humble yourself for him. Well, ikbali 'ali you face him with respect and humbleness. Wa'adam il-tifati and not to gaze at him when you're talking to him. When you're speaking to him, you watch what you're saying and the way the words that you're going to use in his presence. You also praise him and you respect him. تَعْلِيمَهُ وَيَدْعَ لَهُ that you thank him for what he taught you and you make dua for him. وَلَا يُذْهِرُ عَنْهُ do not show that you are I don't need you. وَلَا يُذِيهِ بِقَوْلٍ وَلَا do not hurt him in speech or action. and if he falls into a mistake that you see he fell into. Tell him his mistake in a soft spoken manner. Here there's six points that I need to mention that when a scholar does a mistake that we need to follow. Six points. Even if he does a mistake, there are six points that need to be observed in order to deal with the Shaykh. The first one is at First of all, make sure that this mistake came from him. Did he say it? Or is it just news? Is it rumor? Verify. Find out that he did say this. And the best way to find out is ask him. Say to him, Shaykh, I heard this. It reached me. Is it true? thabbut. And watch the way that you say it. Number two. tathabbuti verify it is a mistake in the first place is this even a mistake or maybe it's a it's a, it's a view held by great scholars وَلِذَلَلْكَ the poet he said how many people are criticizing something but the problem isn't what they're criticizing it's their lack of understanding it's you that problem the sheik has done any mistake He's holding a valid opinion. How many people are criticizing a statement of a person? But the problem isn't the statement. What's the problem? The problem really is your weak understanding. So verify. And when you do verify it and you find out there is a mistake, whose job is it to correct it? Listen to these scholars rahimahullah. These are not Imam al-Shatibi, Ibn Rajab al-Hambali, Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Al-Qayyim, Ibn Nujayim, Abd al-Aziz ibn Lubaz, Muhammad ibn Sal al and Sheikh al-Albani. All of them said the person who needs to point that out is a person of knowledge. It's not everybody to come and say, Sheikh, Alim did... Fulan, you did a mistake. Who is it that points it out? They said. وَهَذِهِ وَظِيفَةُ الْعُلَمَاءِ الرَّاسِخِينَ Grounded scholars who are rooted are the ones who point this out. And they point it out, they say, this is a mistake, get away from it. But the students, they take it to a shaykh, and the shaykh corrects this mistake. Because the shaykh will know, first of all, is it a mistake or not? He will sometimes say to you, it's right. what Did he say that? No problem, he's right in that. It might be a weak opinion, but it's not an issue that a riff-raff should be made over it. Are we all together brothers? Shaatibi, Ibn Rajab, Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Al-Qayyim, Ibn Nujain, Shaykh Abdaziz Aziz Mubaz, Shaykh Ibn Uthaymin, and sheik Al-Albani all said, وَهَذِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ This is the job of a grounded scholar. It's his job to correct and to say this is right or wrong. Rahimahullah. اللَّهُ Number three, when a scholar does a mistake, we have to stay away from that mistake. We shouldn't follow him in the mistake that he did. We should not follow him in the mistake that he's done. We should not follow him in his mistake. Because the haq of Allah takes precedence of the haq of the sheikh. As the scholars they say, Haqul min haqil khalq the haqq of Allah is greater than the haqq of the creation. We don't follow him in that mistake. Number four, التماس لَهُ We look for excuses for him. We say, maybe he didn't come across this hadith. Maybe he didn't, this was wrong. We find, we look for excuses for him. If that sheikh is dead, if the alim had passed away and we've not seen him, we ex- give excuses for him especially the fact that allah azza wa jalla said especially the fact that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the scholar is either between two rewards or what one the scholar always relieves with a reward it's either one or if he gets it wrong what does he get he gets a, a reward if he gets it right what does he get two reward this scholar is given excuses as long as it can take an interpretation. Are we all together, brothers? As long as it can take an interpretation, we'll give it to him. Number five. Advice is given to him privately. A private. Number five is what? A private advice is given to him. He sit him down. Sheikh, did you know this mistake occurred? Did you know what you said? This was wrong? لَا بِعُلْفٍ We have to learn the difference between advising and what? Shaming. لِذَلَكَ At his time when he saw that the people couldn't tell the difference between the two, he authored a book called, he authored a book called الْفَرْقُ بَيْنَ النَّصِيحَةِ وَالتَّعْيِيرٍ The difference between advising and shaming. Some people think what is shaming is advising. And what is advising is what? Shaming. It's not. It's two different things. That kitab Ibn Rajab wrote will give you the difference between the two. When are you truly advising and when are you actually shaming this person? Walidalika Imam al Shafi'i said, Anyone who advises <laughs> me in public, I will not take it from them. Had Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala. You say it to me in public, I won't take it. Because you haven't advised me. You shame me. But if you tell me privately, what would I do? I will take it. Well, the question is, do you want this person to be, do you want this person to correct themselves? Or do you want to humiliate this person? That's the question that a person should ask himself. What is your ultimate goal? You want this person to correct themselves and the situation to be rectified, correct? Then you take the best way to deal with the issue. Last but not least, the sixth point is, if he's a person, of ilm, and he was known for khair and good, then look after his honor, look after his position, that Allah gave him subhanahu wa ta'ala. The poet he said, that, Who is on the face of this earth, who has done no mistakes, لكن good for a person is that their mistakes can be counted. A person's been doing da'wah for 30 years But he's only done 5 mistakes And of course those 5 mistakes Can't be serious mistakes Because sometimes One mistake can be worse than 20 mistakes If a person took A drop of poison And placed it in your juice Would you drink it? It's just a drop of poison Would you drink it? Yeah? You will not drink it Because it's only what? It's only a a serious it's one drop what is it it's one drop but what about if it was placed um on a, 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 a ocean huh what about if it's a ocean and you place a, a drop in it will it will you will it, will, it, will you drink it if a drop of poison was placed in an ocean would you drink it huh huh some of the scholars they used to say if the water reaches it's an amount of weight it doesn't take filth the scholar if he reaches that level of knowledge and vastness and greatness nobility they used to say the little mistakes that come doesn't doesn't become a problem for him they used to say that Like it depends on what mistake comes from him number six حفظ جناحه respecting him and honoring his reputation and not to put him down all of these Sheikh bin Uthaymin mentioned them and also Sheikh um, Sheikh bin Abdullah bin Hamad al-Usaymi mentioned it rahimahullah. I think we should stop there inshallah even that we should have done five but we'll do the other six all together Next week insha'Allah ta'ala. Anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and Shaytan, and Allah and his messenger are free from it. Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah astaghfiruka wa atoo Any questions? Any questions? Say that one more time with Playing with children, playing with children. In public. Ah in public, in public. Okay. Naam, sahih. It's all public Naam, It's all public The khawarim al-muru'ah is what you do publicly The messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam Would not play with the young companions Would he play with them? Would he play physically with them? He wasn't sallallahu alayhi wa but sometimes he would joke with them. Even look at the Prophet ﷺ's laughter. Do you find that, that he laughed a lot? Huh? Why does the narration always mention فَضَحِكَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَىٰهُ وَسَلَّىٰهُ حَتَّى Because it rarely happened. Are we together? Everything should be done with moderation. What should it be done? You shouldn't be عبوس, Angry. I should always be laughing and always joking. She should always be serious. The best of things is balance. You were going to say something. Elias. Khawarim al-Muru'ah. questions. If you I didn't hit I didn't understand the question. Does it yeah the falls like part and Yeah, stuff like that. Even that though, I, I have to be fair. You know, the khawarim Muru'a it changes from time to time and situations and situations. Right? Like for example, uh, Abu al ibn al-Aqil, rahimahullah ta'ala and others, they said that the khawarim Murua is based upon what? It's based upon a particular land. For example, in India, they might see something to be khawarim ul but in the UK, it might be Like, For example, at the time of the Salaf, what would they see as khawarim al Muraah if a person ate on the, on the street? And they drank on the street. So they would look down at that person. Some scholars, they would not take hadith from that person. Because they saw him drinking, walking. They would never take. Al-Imam al-Bukhari went to a man and he, he saw him calling his riding beast. And so he said, what are you, what are you trying to give to him? And he showed him, he showed him his hand. He said, I've got nothing in there. I'm just trying to bring it close. And he said, when he when comes to you, would you give it? He said, I don't give it nothing, I just grab it. He said, "Ha! Oh, you're lying to the animal, huh? So they, he went and he said, I don't want to take hadith from you. Are you with me, brothers? Some of them, they stopped taking knowledge of hadith from a person who wrote their... Some of the Aymah to Salaf. Wallahi, brothers, look at wara warah. Do you know what the word wara means? The way these people were. What, some of the ai they wrote a hadith On somebody else's light And they got rid of that book Because they didn't take permission for that light Are you with me brothers? Are you with me? Somebody else's candle, you used it to write But you didn't take permission from them Because the light was so big That everybody else could use it But you did not take permission for it They would Get rid of that Hadith and what they wrote Because they got it through a wrong way Abdullah Mubarak He took a pen from a person And he went to Medina When he reached there he realized that he had somebody's pen He went back to give it to them These people were They were Their integrity was high Their nobility was so high that's how our religion got protected. People like that. he <laughs> said, I never lied. As a joke, and I never lied. serious. never lied. <laughs> and he said, I did not backbite anybody when I found out backbiting is haram. Not backbite I was reading the biography Of Imam al rahimahullah, A couple of weeks back And I always wondered Why did Imam al Nawi His books are all over the place You know this book he's wrote, written What's it called? 40? 40? Hadith Do you know he wasn't the first To write 40 hadith Before him a came Before him Many people wrote And I'm not belittling What he done rahimahullah ta'ala, But to compiling Just 40 hadith In one book not a hard job but why did Allah save this particular book from all of the other 40 books that are written till today scholars write 40 hadiths on topics different topics 40 on knowledge 40 on staying away from zina 40 on the, honoring the blood of the Muslims 40 hadith is common everybody does it no one knows it no one's book is like Noah's kitab true or false the reason is because of ikhlas Sincerity. It goes far. It will go far. There are scholars who wrote books and their books just perished. Lakin Nawa Nawawi, bi with his ikhlas and his wara. You know, Imam Nawi lived in Dimashq. He lived in Dimashq. Dimashq in the Arab world was the most greenest, the most the vegetations and everything. The Tashita was safe. Makkah used to receive the vegetation and the crops of Damascus. No, he never used to eat any food that was made in Damascus. He used to wait for his father, who was in Halab, to send him man Noah. His father, who was in Noah, he would wait for him to send him food to eat. Because he saw in Damascus A type of business trading That they used to do So he stayed away from everything That was bought or sold in Damascus. So he used to wait over there With all of the good food that it has He wouldn't He would wait for Nawa's food to come And it would take days And sometimes And he would stay And he would break that And he would eat that Halal These people ate halal Not only that They were sincere but what they produced was la wa la rayb, The greatest that you could ever see May Allah make us those who are sincere In their actions and speech And those who are upright Privately and what? Publicly Insha'Allah ta'ala will see next week I think We'll be our last Insha'Allah ta'ala class And then Bi-Ithni Kareem we will be giving you updates on regards to what's going to happen after that inshallah ta'ala. Barakallahu feekum wajizakumullahu khairan.